Hello everybody, welcome back to another live stream. I'm here with my cup of coffee. Had some thoughts on my mind as I was recording some videos for the channel today that I just thought I'd get out there and share before they left me. So today I wanted to talk about someone I saw on Instagram that left me feeling kind of weird. Uh, this um, left me feeling with a we weird feeling of hypocrisy. I, I'm mumbling my words, my apologies. So I know of a Christian minister who's been doing stuff for 20 years now, very intelligent, very deep into scriptures and theology, uh, knows all sorts of history, but has created an Instagram channel where she shows her body in lingerie, in sexy positions, often making videos that are like, not really stripping, but they come off that way. Like, oh, look at me and hey boys, and I'm going to flip things around. And she doesn't hide this fact that that's what this channel is about. I'm not going to go into why she has it. I really don't know. It would just be some guesses. But here is a minister, a Christian minister, who is teaching other Christians to become ministers, who is writing books, who is trying to change the world, as every Christian minister should, and yet has a sexy channel. And a part of me just kind of broke on that. I'm like, I, I just don't get it. I, I think that's why my words were lacking at the beginning of this video, because I'm having trouble expressing this, and I wanted to open it to the public for others to feedback on it and to help me find the right words. So I talked to a friend of mine about this. I said, well, what do you think of this minister? And my friend, who's very liberal, feminist, whatever, said, as long as she's not criticizing anybody else for doing that, then it's okay. She can do it. She's not being a hypocrite. I mean, okay, I guess that makes sense. You know, she doesn't condemn others for being sexy, so she can do it herself. But yet that doesn't land with me comfortably. I still feel like there is some huge hypocrisy here. Because while she may not be condemning anybody else, Christianity, and I'm no expert on Christianity, but from what I understand, lust is a problem. Is that not a sin of some sort? Further, uh, promoting sex, promoting things related to sexual urges, promoting lust is a potential problem, right? Is, isn't that something condemned by Christianity on some level? Am I wrong about this? I, I don't think I am. I might have some of my lingo wrong, but I think that lust is an issue. So while she may not be condemning things, this minister may not be condemning people specifically, her religion does. And the religion that she teaches does. She's not part of a fringe element. She's not part of a minority group that has beliefs. She is part of basic mainstream evangelical uh, Christianity. And she teaches lots of people. And I feel like even though she may not be saying anything, this is a foundational belief 
of her religion that lust is bad, thus, is she not a hypocrite? That's what I want to know. That's what I'm having trouble understanding. Am I wrong about this? Am I judging her too harshly? Is she really not a hypocrite? So when she makes a video like this on Instagram, is that hypocritical? She is a Christian minister. She's believing in a religion that is anti-lust, and yet she has an Instagram channel showing her basically 90% naked in sexual positions. Is, is this not off? Am I wrong? Am I completely wrong? That's why I want to make a live stream today, trying to understand this. Now, I know that we all follow religions, and we may not do exactly what the religion says. I have been very open about that on my channel. I'm not a vegetarian, yet I read scriptures, and everyone knows that Hinduism basically promotes vegetarianism. My view is I'm also a marathon runner, and while my diet is probably about 75% or 80% vegetarian, I can't make it running on a vegetarian diet. I just would have to consume double the amount of calories I do, and when I have done that, I feel sick, and I'm just not getting what I need from my normal diet to go off meat completely. Basically, I just eat like chicken, once in a while fish and ham. That's pretty much it. Um... But I confess that, yes, I'm breaking the rules of Hinduism. I'm not being a vegetarian. Yes, I'm being a hypocrite. Yes, I'm going against my scripture. Yes, I'm doing it so I can run and not fall over like an 80-year-old man on my deathbed, which is what I feel like on days when I'm eating or on weeks when I'm just having a vegetarian thing and nothing else. Sorry, I'm getting more comfortable here. <laughs> um I got that and I have an excuse and maybe this minister has an excuse of why it's okay to be sexy on Instagram for the boys while being in a religion that says lust is bad. Personally, I think that while vegetarianism is promoted by Hinduism, we also see in the past Brahmins who were not vegetarians. And is it really an exclusively Vedic teaching that is you know, you have to follow? Maybe not. So in that case, I guess I could get away with it. On the other hand, in Christianity, lust is something that is condemned, right? Maybe not. Maybe in the Old Testament, it's different. I just feel like, though, there's, there is a hypocrisy here. Now, there may be a hypocrisy with my friend because she is a Christian minister doing something that seems to be off from the teachings of her belief system. And the hypocrisy is not so much that she's doing that, but that she's a leader, that she's a teacher, that she's a public figure. That might be what really bothers me about this. We all are hypocrites. We all do things we know we shouldn't do. We say things that contradict other things we say, but we're not all public figures. We're not all teachers. We're not all leaders. And should we keep our leaders in a different position than each other? I've come from the very conservative position of, yeah, we should, and we do, sort of. We expect our leaders to be better than us. We expect our ministers to follow the scriptures better than us. 
Yes, they will fall. Yes, they are humans. Yes, that's okay. But we expect that they're just a little bit better, that they've purged their life of those bad habits that we haven't purged our lives of. We expect our politicians to be greater and more knowledgeable. Am I wrong? Is this not true? Do we not expect our leaders to be slightly better? Or did we used to in society believe this and we don't anymore? That may be part of it. I, I often think about Richard Nixon, U.S. president, who everyone knows for Watergate. People say he was a lousy president. He was just horrible. I don't believe that. I think he was actually a really good president. But his legacy is eh, messed up and he left under scandal. But there was one thing he did, which he gets no credit for. He ended Camelot. So Camelot is what we call the uh, a sort of uh, John F. Kennedy. You know, when he came in office, it was Camelot. It was wonderful. This young man, and he was just like the perfect president. We know now that he was not really, but he was held up there like he was somebody special. And traditionally, we did that, I think, to presidents. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was somebody special. That's why we didn't really want Harry Truman, because he was just a nobody who worked in a hat store. We want great men or great women to be our president. And when Nixon came along, we had a very paranoid, though very intelligent man who fell in this scandal. And what happened after Nixon? We had a uh, golfer. We had a peanut farmer. We had an actor. We had uh, FBI or CIA director. We had the son of that director. We had a saxophone player with affairs. You know, we've had men who we no longer see of as great. We don't have Camelot. Nixon brought all of our presidents down to earth. You know, I truly believe this is my own theory that I've put together, but Nixon ended this thing where every one of these, oh, I mean, all these great leaders are in the sky and they're better than us. Nope, they're not better than us. They may be worse than us. We, we've lost that view. So maybe, maybe this minister I see online when she's strutting her stuff on Instagram, maybe it's not that she's a hypocrite, but society has changed. And society no longer sees leaders as great people, but just like all of us. So therefore, now when we see a leader, such as this minister, who's looking sexy on Instagram while teaching about lust is bad in her Christian studies class, it's not that she's a hypocrite. It's that in society, leaders are no longer special. What do you think? Would you agree with that? This is just me riffing off the cuff. I don't know. Trying to come to grips with what this person is doing because I have this feeling that leaders should be special. Maybe this is just me. Maybe my brain is broken. Maybe I, I don't get it. Uh, maybe I've missed something over the past few years. I did spend four years abroad. You know, I, I I don't know. I would love to know your thoughts. Now, along with this, I wanted to know if we have come to a point in religion where we have started doing our own thing, and that is religion. Have we moved in the religious world away from things like the Bible and the Quran and the Vedas, as I talk about on this channel, and tradition and scripture, 
to now we have a point in the religious world where it's do your own thing, make up what you want, do whatever you want, it's okay. Have we come to a point in society where religion is now a free-for-all? This is just a hypothetical question. What do you think? Is religion now make of it what you want it to be? Make up God. I've said on this channel in videos that I've done that we know what God looks like because books like the Srimad Bhagavatam explicitly detail what God looks like explicitly and what God does and how God acts. So according to Sanatana Dharma, we don't need to ask what does God look like? We know. But has society moved beyond these old texts or maybe is society just ignorant of these old religious texts? And now in 2022, we are in a world where religion is now make it up. I'm asking you, I'm putting that question out there. Sometimes I feel like it is. And I feel like that's maybe the new age influence where everything we do is sort of whatever you want it to be. Scriptures don't matter anymore. Is that the state of society as we go into the new world? Have we totally rebelled against formal tradition and formal religion and uh, corporate religion, you could say, and we're now in this new agey feel-good world? If we are, that's sad on some level to me. It makes me very sad that we are now in a religious world that is uh, make up your own thing. I think it's hurting traditions. I think it's causing people to not read the old books on some level, or if they're reading it, they're just tossing it off as just another book. And that's why I wanted to do this channel, was to remind folks that these ancient scriptures, or from my tradition of Sanatana Dharma, are amazing scriptures. Yes, it's a 2,000-year-old book. It's a 5,000-year-old book. It's whatever it is. But yet, it still has a message for all of us that is so valuable. It, it, I, I really believe that, that these old scriptures might be old. They might be hard to read. They may be really big, like all the volumes of the Srimad Bhagavatam. But if we take time to read them, I think we will love them. I think we will find value in them. And that's why I wanted to do this channel was to rediscover the past, which I think is being forgotten about in this present day where religion is no longer about tradition or scriptures, but it's about a do-it-yourself thing. It's about a feel-good thing. It's about God is whatever you want God to be thing. And I, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. What do you think about that? Am I, am I riffing on an idea that maybe I'm all alone on? <laughs> I might be, and I'm fine with that. Um, but please enlighten me. How do you perceive this state of religion that we're currently in today? So that brings me to something I wanted to talk about. Uh, sort of, I, I'm, I'm, this is a long riff on one idea that's expanding out. Um, if you're joining in now, go back and check out where I started from. But I wonder, are we hurting ourselves because we have now come to this point where religion is a do-it-yourself thing? Religion is feel whatever you want, and one scripture is as good as the other scriptures. Are we hurting the tradition that has still things to say? Are we our own enemy? Are we now in a point in society where, uh, as I was talking about at the beginning of this video, 
I know a Christian minister who does sexy Instagram videos, which for me feels like a contradiction. Uh, I, I can't quite wrap my head around how you can preach the gospel and also pose naked on Instagram and still feel that you're in line with what you're teaching as a public figure. But maybe that's the state of religion now. It doesn't really matter. But for me, it feels like if that's the state of religion, have we become our own worst enemy by creating a religious world where everything goes and anything goes and whatever you think goes and scripture doesn't matter and all scriptures are great? Have we become too open? Have we become too welcoming? Too, uh, have we become too accepting of everything? And we're, we're losing the past. And I believe that if we lose these old scriptures, that we're going to lose something so valuable, so incredibly valuable. The more I record videos for this channel, and I'm just taking a break right now doing this live stream because I had these thoughts in my head, and sometimes you just have to express yourself. The more I read these, and I'm recording videos now that you guys won't see until February of 2024, uh, the more I love them and the more I think these scriptures need to be shared. Anyways, I want to read something now that I found on Quora that kind of goes along with this theme. And please excuse the sound in the background. My uh, heat just came on. Uh, and I may, if I continue to do these live chats, if you guys enjoy them, I may get a microphone to help. But this is real off the cuff. This is only my second. So we're experimenting here. But anyways, I found something on Quora that I really wanted to read to all of you. And it, it goes along with what I've been saying, and I'll put a link to this in the description. So the essay is, Can Hinduism Survive Against Islam in India? Now, I'm no expert on Islam, though I've read the Quran multiple times, and I've dated a couple Muslims, and I've worked with them, and, and so I, I know something of the religion, but I'm no expert. And as for India, I live in America. I don't know India, though I have tried to learn more about the country, but we're ignorant in this country, I'll confess it. So the essay goes, can Hinduism survive against Islam in India? If I say yes, it will be wishful thinking. Following are my reasons why Hinduism will not survive against Islam. One, Islamic organizations are funded by rich Middle Eastern countries and Pakistan, while Hindu organizations, excuse me, Islamic organizations are funded by rich Middle Eastern countries and Pakistan, while Hindu organizations do not have that kind of fund. While Hindu organizations do not have that kind of funding. Sorry, <laughs> I should have pre-read this a little better. Two, we do not identify as Hindus. We will do agitation for Maratha, Patel, Gujar, reservation, but not for a Hindu cause. Three, we have more atheists and liberals than Islam. Four, we keep fighting against Dalits and alienating them further. No wonder they don't give two hoots about us and are converting rapidly. Five, we can even make Hafiz Saeed the Prime Minister of India for freebies. Six, we are ultra-secular and do not teach our children about Hinduism. As a result, they easily fall into the trap of love jihad and convert. What is worse, we accept the converted girls 
and her husband. Since there are no consequences, they do not take us seriously. Seven, we talk about Kashmiri Pandits and Dalits only to indulge in whereaboutery. In real life, we are busy denying the existence of casteism, and no one cares about Kashmiri Pandits. Eight, Veer D. Wenning, Choda Akbar, all the Salman Khan movies become blockbusters because we are the ones who go and watch them even after knowing that the actors leave no opportunity to insult Hindus and Hinduism. Nine, our ancestors are those kings who married their daughters off to Muslim rulers just to save their kingdom and who conspired with them to defeat another Hindu ruler. And ten, we glorify the Muslim rulers who plundered and looted us and converted us forcibly. I am actually surprised how we still exist. So this is written by someone in India in uh, Delhi four years ago. Uh, and it touches on so many things here. It doesn't even get into things like uh, the RSS and Modi and, and more recent events. Um, but I thought it was very interesting, sorry, very interesting, because if we break it down a little bit, number three said, we have more atheists and liberals than Islam. That feels probably right to me. I think if you're converting to Islam, you're probably definitely not an atheist. And liberal Islam, well, from my point of view, it seems to be more a minority than not in some countries, some countries. But I find a lot of Hindus who have come to the West, who I've spoken to, who talk and don't do the walk. They say they're Hindu, but it's become sort of a cultural thing, like Judaism is very cultural. I know a lot of Jews who don't believe in God. It's just a cultural thing for them. And that's fine, but they're not really studying the scriptures. They actually, these Hindus I meet, really don't read the scriptures. They read the Bhagavad Gita once and they call it a day and, oh, oh Krishna, Krishna, and that, they don't care. Uh, it, it's just going through the actions for them, but they're hurting their own faith when they do that. If you just mouth the words, you're not building up the faith. You're, you're actually just kind of tossing it away. And then your children aren't going to be believing it because if you don't believe it and you've given it up, what hope is there for you? I was just talking to my girlfriend about this, how she went to church growing up. And then after her, uh, the church just kind of fizzled away. She was like one of the last confirmation classes because her generation, they were already beginning to lose their belief because her parents had lost their belief. And so my girlfriend now, she's 38, she, we don't have children, but she's like, if we did, I wouldn't take them to church. Probably not, because I've lost my belief. So there's no hope for the next generation. We, we've, we've come so far that we, we've lost it. And, and then we get, well, another thing here is number two, we do not identify as Hindus. Uh, we you know, do agitation for Maratha, etc., but not for a Hindu cause. So we've stopped calling ourselves Hindus. Maybe we start saying we're spiritual. Or we like this and we like that. But that might be hurting this. It might be hurting Hinduism. And Hinduism doesn't need to be hurt. It needs to be strengthened. 
needs to be brought up from the dust, not put back there. That's what I believe. Uh, I already mentioned number six, we are ultra secular and we do not teach our children about Hinduism. Like my girlfriend, if she had kids, she wouldn't have taught them about Christianity. She doesn't believe it at all. And then the next line is that is they fall into the trap of love, jihad, and convert. I really do think on looking at the bigger picture, if you don't teach your kids something, they're liable to go someplace else. They're liable to discover something else. Um, and so we're losing this. There's other things here we can talk about if you would like, and you can see the, the link below. But it's just interesting to me when we look at the big picture, are we our own worst enemy in this uh, world of 2022 spirituality and this world of modern religion? Are we our worst enemy? That's, that's really the point I wanted to get to is, are we destroying our own religions? That's the question. Are we doing things and saying things that we think are okay, that seem to be acceptable, but are we actually, at the end of the day, destroying that which we may on some level find value in? You know, if my friend, who I talked about at the beginning, who is a minister, is dancing sexy for somebody, maybe she thinks that's okay. Maybe she has an excuse why a Christian minister can pose naked in photos and videos online. But what's the next generation going to think? Who don't know her reasoning why she does this? They just see a minister who's naked. Okay, what can I do? It's now acceptable. And then you go on the next generation where they don't really like God. They don't care about the church. They forget about it. But hey, the nudity is great and whatever. And this this minister did it. So I guess it's okay for me. It eats, it eats away at itself. Am I wrong about this? Am I just spouting random things and you think I'm off my rocker? Maybe I'm fine with that. On the other hand, I think maybe I'm spouting ideas that I understand might be a little incomplete, might be off the cuff a little bit too much and need some developing, but that's why I wanted to do this YouTube channel. My mind has been contemplating some of these ideas, and I just wanted to open them up to others to get your feedback. What do you think is the state of modern religion? Are we our own worst enemy? Are we deliberately or not so much deliberately, but unconsciously destroying the past by, I don't know, following current trends or doing something else or just being ignorant? Or are we destroying the traditional religions, which I love and maybe many of you who watch this channel love? Are we destroying it out of, because we're just not thinking about what we're doing? I don't know. I would love to know what you think. Also, that essay I just read about Hinduism standing up against India, I'm uh, sorry, against Islam in India. There's a lot here that I can't speak about. As I said, I, uh, Hafiz Saeed, the prime minister, obviously this is a little old and I don't really know that much. Well, I know nothing about him. <laughs> I'm not even going to mince my words. Um, all the Salman Khan movies, I actually do know some Bollywood uh, and I really enjoy it. 
So I can't speak on all these things, but if you want to comment on this video, and if you're just now joining me, if you want to go back and feed into it and see what I'm talking about and put some comments down below, that would be really great. And uh, I would even be happy to revisit this in a future live stream. That would be great. Uh, I got to confess, I'm, I'm ignorant about current events in India. I just discovered this week the RSS. I had no idea who they were, um, and I didn't know the things they'd done. And, and I was reading about Modi, and I didn't really know that much about him. Um, I was reading about Tulsi Gabbard and her connections to Modi, and I'm reading this stuff. And yeah, I, I'm sorry. He's been in office for years, and I'm, I'll confess I'm how ignorant I am. And it blew my mind how ignorant I am. I hate it. In America, when you grow up, you learn about India, as in you learn where it is on the map. And that's it. And your history book may mention Gandhi very briefly. And if you're lucky, you've seen the movie. And that's it. That's all I knew until college about India. And then I had a revelation and I started learning more. And I discovered God through Neem Karoli Baba. And, you know, here I am in my 40s now. So I confess this ignorance. And I would love it if you commented down below and filled me in on things to learn or to know because I follow a religion of India, but I'm ignorant of the current state of affairs in that country. I don't want to be ignorant. No one should be ignorant. And that's why I'm doing this uh, live chat to maybe find some light in the darkness. Anyways, I'm going to end here. I really appreciate anyone who's chimed in on this. This is something new I decided to do in the channel. I'm reading scriptures because I think it's a great thing to do. I think we should learn the scriptures. I find them to be, sorry, just hit the table here. I find them to be uh, mind expanding and also very grounding in my spirituality and I hope other spirituality. And I'm trying to keep these scriptures alive by putting them on the channel. But I record my videos a long time in advance. Right now I'm reading the Ramayana and the videos won't go up until February of 2024. So I dove talk in my videos on this channel on any current events. I want to avoid that, but I have things that I wanted to share. So I thought I'd start doing these live chats just to share some thoughts and get feedback and see what folks out there might have on their mind and spark a discussion. If you like this, please let me know if you think I should just stick to the scriptures. That's okay. Please let me know. We'll forget this ever happened. Um, yeah, I know the background in my house, as I say all the time, is the least awesome background ever. Uh, I should probably get a microphone. And my lighting is a little off too right now. Too late for that. But we're working on it. So feedback, however you want, good, bad, or in between, I can take it all. I've heard it much worse. Uh, I do plan for a little while testing this out, seeing if it works, and probably doing regular things on the weekend, if not every week, every so often. And uh, yeah. I think that's a good place to end this. So thank you for watching this live stream. Please check out other videos as I work my way through the Hindu scriptures with a new video every other day, reading them and then chatting about them afterwards. And uh, yeah, comment down below and I'll pick up your comments next time I do a live video, whatever your comments are about. And uh, be well and take care. And as we go into this new year, I wish you the very best in a very dark world. So until then, my friends, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Harry Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, Rama Rama, Harry Harry.